What's up, guys? 12 days of replay. Stale bread, as we call it around these parts. Holiday season. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy everything. Whatever. So this is a uh, great chat in this particular episode you're about to listen to with myself and the Mick Foley, mankind, or as I call him, Cactus. That's right, Cactus Jack. Yeah, he comes on uh, Old School Taz uh, show here. Uh, we had a conversation. Mick tells some funny stories about yours truly. It's pretty good. Uh, Mick, maybe, maybe exaggerate a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Mick's a pretty sincere guy. But it was a good conversation Mick and I had. We're old friends. We go way back, probably over 25 years. So both New York guys, you know what I mean? So me and Mick have a long history and a good history. So I hope you guys enjoy it. 12 days of replays. Stale Brett Jones. It's the holidays. Uh, take it easy. This is Taz. The mood is about to change. The human podcast machine. You're not afraid of a little competition, are you? I welcome to the Human Podcast Machine. As you know, my name is Taz, and thank you, everybody, for downloading and subscribing this edition of HPM. So I got to tell you, uh, excited for the impromptu guest that is going to be on this show here, on this particular episode shortly. It's... Uh, WWE Hall of Famer, the legendary, uh, multiple-time champion, New York bestseller, author, the whole nine yards, uh, Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, whatever you want to call him, legend in itself, bang, bang, my man Mick is going to be on here uh, talking about a, a, a great event that he, he did last year and stuff, and he's, he's going forward in a WrestleMania-type tour thing, and I'll let him talk about it more, and goes through the money goes to, uh, proceeds, I should say, go to a great charity and all, but Mick will get into that. And Mick and I haven't talked in a lot of years, so it should be kind of cool. And I uh, just want to talk a little bit about kind of uh, some of the wrestling we saw the, this past week. I mean, talking a little bit about Impact Wrestling on Destination America. And uh, as most of you know, I'm a, they call the commentator of the show. So, I, you know, it's a little, it's sometimes it's, I don't want to say odd for me to talk about Impact or, or TNA, but it's like I'm, I'm the color commentator, so I'm kind of, it's weird because I'm close to it because I called it, and it's a little. It's it's hard to explain. I mean, uh, it's hard to remove myself as part of the show and then talk about it. It's kind of weird. And also, where my show usually drops later in the week, as you guys know, and Impact airs on thir- on Fridays, so it's like a kind of old news once I drop my show. But. This particular show, as you know, has dropped earlier than uh, in the week, so that's why I'm doing it here. And so I thought Impact was pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, the show started off. Seth, I know you watched the show. Yes, Seth, I my did. producer's here, and I know it, it kicked off with a, with a. You know, it was nice to see the show kick off with a match, and it was a last man standing match with Eric Young and and Rude. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a great feud going on, and uh, I love the violence. That, that they that they bring to the matches, it's it's serious, it's real, and it's 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 hardcore. Yeah, but both those, you know, both those guys, as most fans know, have a long history together, a long friendship together, uh, and uh, have been around a long time. And but when they get in there, I mean, they knuckle it up, they bring it. But I think from a, a production, uh, not production, a um, a standpoint of TV. Finally kicking off with, instead of a promo segment, you know, not just TNA, but WWE, a lot of promotions start off with these long promo segments, and they get ripped by fans or writers or so-called experts. Let me give you the other side of that, and I'm not a writer, I'm not connected to TNA in regards to the creative process. But here's the way this works, and Seth, I don't know if you realize this either, but the way this works is the reason why, the main reason why, when I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, duh, that makes sense. 
these shows start off with these promo segments is because it sets the table for the evening. So it's not that it's the easiest way to set the table, but history shows from a creative standpoint, it's the best way. That's why. So they try to hook people right away. Can I say as a um, devil's advocate, you're the color commentator. Couldn't the, maybe the commentators help set the table as well? Yeah, and, and, and at times, like you do. Um, but it's always better to hear it from the talent themselves. Oh, you want to start with the best talent, too, I imagine. You well, know? yeah, that's up to the promotion. But, you, but I'm, this is my point. Don't, don't ignore what I'm saying. You know, it's cool. You always want to hear the talent set the table as opposed to the commentator. In my professional opinion, and my because it's better. It's better to hear from John Cena to lay out what's going to happen in that main event that he's in, or from Bobby Roode. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's always better to hear from the guys. But you know, you know, you guys. We talk about how all the promotions are different. You know, and WWE kind of has that. Do the promo first and everything. And we start with the promo. Yeah. You know, maybe yep. you want to be different as TNA or other companies. Maybe you don't want to follow that same formula. Well, yeah, but and I agree. But and I look. But a TV, I, you're saying that's the from way to a TV do it. perspective and a storytelling perfect per, per, uh, percep. Um, how am I doing? From a storytelling perception or perspective, the way, put perspective, the way you're putting it out. I really think that history shows the best way is to have the talent go out there and lay out what's going to go down and create the heat that way i'm not i'm not saying i agree with it i don't i'm a wrestling fan i like i'm the guy if tina asks my opinion i'd like can we not start off with promo segments i just give them my opinion as a fan i, I you know i think it, va- it depends on who's doing it like when the bdc comes out mvp I'm all in. I, li- I like the way he does yeah, his promos yeah, yep, and he, yep. he, he just he's nasty and he just gets to the point it's great um i want to talk about ec3 can we talk about that with tna yeah, sure. Yeah, um, so I'm watching it with, with Spud, and Spud's all bloody, and he's beating the crap out of him. And then EC3 goes into this promo at the end saying how, oh, you earned my respect, you know, I'm sorry, and all that stuff. And as a fan, as a fan who's been watching wrestling for 30 years, I know what's coming. And we call that an angle alert. And I'm not saying, I kind of, okay, yeah, continue. No, but, I'll, no, I'll, no, I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. And here's what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, number one, EC3 is a hell of a talent. Yeah. Looks great. Yep. Cut a promo like yep. nobody's business. Yep. I yep. mean, this guy's a future huge star, I think in my so. opinion. Yeah, he, and, and and I don't want to be one of those insider guys that sounds like, oh, this is what I would do, uh, Mr. Booker. Because I right. But what I'm thinking is, you could have got a lot more mileage out of that. Like, have him shake his hand, have him go back and partner with him for a few weeks, and then turn on him later. Get t- turn him into the fan favorite because he's that talent that could turn crowd in a week. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I got to tell you, uh, ah, this is where it gets crazy. And I, again. <laughs> Man, it's, I, I left because I want people to believe me because I'm telling you the truth in my next statement. I don't know where they're going, TNA. I, I work you. there. People t- tweet me, have them do this. I don't look. I'm the color commentator. I know you don't, Seth. I know that. I'm just setting the table for what I'm about to say. Okay. I don't know where they're going week to week. I am one week ahead of you as a fan. I'm one week of ev- ahead of everybody who listens to this. Josh Matthews and myself... We call the show a week ahead. So I know next week's show. I know why they had EC3 stay heel, turn on Spud at the end. And I think when you see what happens this coming TV, which I got to tell you, and I told you this off air a couple days ago on the phone, Seth, the show that's going to air, the Impact show that airs on next Friday, 
is amazing. A great, great show. And that main event with Kurt Angle and Lashley is awesome. There's a, I'm not promoting the show, but I'm telling you, I am promoting the show because it's that good. The the knockouts match, a three-way match with Terrell, uh, Gail Kim, and Awesome Kong was just awesome. I mean, There's a lot of good action in next week's show. But back to the EC3 point. So, like in the business, we call that what you said, an angle alert, right? You know, when you know the guy's going to turn or something like that, you know, that's kind of the inside term. Uh, when I watched it, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, when oh, I, come when on. I'm saying, no, hold on, let me finish. When I called it, no, Seth, I'm, why would I going to sit down and bullshit you? I'm telling you the truth. When I watched it in the studio, calling it, now realize that show was done in the UK. I'm in Nashville voicing the thing over. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't get a script. I don't know. I don't want to know. I, I just call it and I go home. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's pretty obvious he's going to turn. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe he's not going to turn because you never know. Sometimes the obvious thing is he's not going to turn. And then he turned. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. And then I, I, you know, we could armchair book and say, oh, I was, yeah. you know, it was obvious. But I hate, I hate being that guy. But I know, but I, I understand. But I'll tell you this about EC3 and Spud. You know, I gotta be honest. Initially, I was not behind the scenes. Like, I wasn't a fan of the whole hair versus hair angle. I felt like that was a little outdated and archaic. Um, but you know, I, I felt like, well, why is it embarrassing to have your head shaved? I have my head shaved. I mean, people bald is in, you know. But I, I get it. It's like, and I think the way these guys, but I think I think the company did a good job of that, and the boys did a good job of selling the build up for weeks and weeks of the hair gimmick and the clippers and EC3 as a heel. But Spud is the guy I'd like to talk about for a second. Because, you know, my, my thing with Spud is that he's not a giant guy, okay? He's an undersized guy. But he is loaded with energy and fire. This guy is a stick of dynamite. Entertainer. He's entertainer, and he can work. Okay, this guy can work, and he sells great. He bumps great. But so I, how long has he been there? He hasn't only been in the business. What? Oh, man. I, he was in the British boot camp thing. Not long. Right. But my concern was, man, just, I'm like... I, I don't think you could book this guy. Like, sometimes if he cuts a promo, he acts like a tough guy. And I don't think it's believable. But then I watch it, and it seems like, well, he's entertaining. You know, people think, oh, he's a cute little guy, this and that. Oh, look, he's mad, he's mad. But then you see this guy go, and he can go. I respect that as a guy like myself who is an undersized competitor. But he's he's small. Like, he's, he's a smaller guy. But he brings the fight. He's loaded with energy in the ring. Um... And I, I got to tell you, I, I think when you see next week's show, I'll wave the TNA flag on that one. I, I think the way they booked his gimmick, I don't want to stooge it off. I mean, there's plenty of people that read, read spoilers and saw it uh, or read about it, or those in the UK that were at the event. But it was uh, it was pretty cool. What do you think about Drew Galloway? What's your opinion on him being from it, WWE and now with TNA? I like the way they're tapping into the fact that he was misused in WWE or they just didn't take advantage of the fact that they got this big strong talented kid you know and they kind of threw him at, they made him into the 3MB and all this kind of nonsense which he made the best of it right but you know I like the fact TNA saying this guy's a talent and I love the fact that he he came in uh, in his home in his home country or you know his home area anyway represented you know Europe yes. and wherever you know UK and it was awesome I, he's he's gonna I think he's gonna have a real nice run in TNA yeah I think he's gonna I, put him I, back on the map do you like I just want to see from a fan's perspective, and you're, you're the ultimate fan, uh, do you like the whole um, stand-up for wrestling, voice yeah. of the fan thing? You I do. like it because I believe it. Because, mm. you know, he's saying, this is who I really am, and this is what I can bring. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not some clown to provide comic relief or, to, you know, to lay down for everybody, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta tell you, I like it too. When he walked out to do his promo in this particular episode that aired on Friday... <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, God. Why is he getting in the ring? Why is he walking down the entranceway? Why, if he's a man of the people and he's a voice of the fan, he should be going through the crowd. And then the company I work for swerved me in a good way. And he said, you know what? I don't want to be in this ring. I, I'm paraphrasing. I, I need to be in with you guys. He climbed the guardrail. It felt real. It felt good. Because he came out. Typical way, typical way a wrestler should come out, comes down the ramp, just gets promo in the ring, and he's like, I don't want to do this in the ring. I'm gonna do it in in, in the uh, in the fan with the fans. I thought it was cool, and I thought the heat that uh, the BDC brought uh, when they walked out was great. And then they went to the match with MVP and Galloway, which I thought was real good. Yep, wasn't a fan of the running. The, the, the impromptu heel running that we you know we're seeing a lot of that I'm not a fan of that I, you know these are just my opinions I mean so too much sometimes yeah I mean I yeah I mean I, I but you know what happens I, it's you know I, I like the fact that low key is he seems like he's legit pissed off that he got his ear ripped he is. Off, ripped off he is and like he shows it you he know is. and he's like he wants to I believe that he wants to rip Drew's head off he does yeah. he did I should say I don't I wasn't there like I said yeah. but from what I heard he was legit mad I mean I would be pissed too I would too but accidents do happen I don't think the guy you meant know, to uh we got Mick coming up and Mick lost his ear in the ring yes Mick that's that's a good point actually yeah. Seth you, you got me there that's good we got to bring it up to myth well, Mick to Mick I should say myth how am I doing Mick yeah but no I I um you know and and then you know Bram Magnus uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of these guys, both these guys. I mean, I do think Bram as a heel is just amazing. You he's know, a monster, man. He's like, you know, I think we talked about off air about Bruiser Brody. I mean, he's a, he's like a big monster. And uh, he, he just, yeah. I, I thought also they could have, you know, like I was talking about the EC3 Spud thing. I thought they could have played out his turn on Magnus a little bit longer. Because you know, in that bar scene, I knew it was gonna, I knew it was coming. You know, I felt like, you know, he's going to. Yeah, I'm, well, that's another thing. That yeah. angle of Lord. I, I felt like it too a little bit. Um, when we called that uh, a while ago, I did. I felt it too. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes I just think, it, I mean, I, again, not making excuses for WWE writers or TNA writers or anybody. It just happens. You, you got to book things certain ways. Well, like uh, in WWE, Randy Orton. Went back to the authority, and then he and then he did. And he knew it was coming. They milked it though. I liked it though. They, I, liked I it, did too. They milked he, it. You know, he's always smirking. And Randy did a good job with that. Speaking he was, of that, dude, yeah. yo, that was that beatdown. Uh, that went on forever. I've been in positions sometimes like, it goes too long. Those things. It did, but I, I gotta say, I but I he's think legit pissed. I the, think the they did a great well, job of yes. it. I, even though it went long, I'm be, it felt a little long. And I, I've learned over the years that if it feels long, it is long. But it felt long. But it was good. Yeah, and you saw what Randy. Randy was interviewed about it on on the show on SmackDown, one yeah. of those shows. And he said, he goes, it, uh, he had a beating coming to him, and it felt good. And I'm ready to suffer the consequences, <laughs> but it was worth it. It you was know? man yeah. hellacious. I mean, he really. I I, I thought it was great. I, I thought that the uh, you know uh, what's his name Seth uh, yeah. Rollins sold tremendously. Um, I, I I I definitely thought that um, Randy. Showed why he's such a successful, great, great competitor. If you notice here, ladies and gentlemen, have downloaded this. You know, we were talking about TNA. We kind of just organically segued to WWE. That's what we're doing. We're just, I'm just chatting about the the, the business that we've seen, the, the wrestling we've seen last week. It's not like we don't work off a format here. That's not what I do. Um, and same thing when we do our fantasy draft shows. And speaking of fantasy, we don't work off format. Speaking of fantasy draft shows. Seth, who you're hearing here, my producer, he's become a gigantic star on Huge. that. He's massive. Uh, what do you yeah. your Twitter followers? Got to be two, three million at this point. Uh, it's actually five million. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. No, you're a big star, and I got to deal with your ego. Uh, he's like uh, Taz. I want to be part of the show more. If not, uh, then uh, I'm going to have you fired here from CBS. Oh, geez. All right. So. Yeah, I'm the big wig. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm pulling strings. But speaking of, hold on. Before you talk, speaking okay. of the fancy draft show. 
and Randy Orton. Dude, when we did Best Current Wrestlers, me, you, and Mike Tanay, I don't know about your Twitter. I know myself and today's Twitter be getting attacked about none of us having Randy Orton on that list. Yep. All, all three lists. But I don't know about you. For me, he wasn't... In the main roster at that point, he was out. I've been—I was thinking about the, that show we did, top ten current wrestlers, and a uh, um, couple things. Right, guys were out, um, and also we should do that show every six months. I mean, because my list would be totally different now. Good point. I think. It's a good point. Um, every quarter, and, uh, you know, no, we'll do it, dude. Every quarter, yeah. And uh, every like, quarter we'll do it. And, you know, like Brock Lesnar might not have been on the list. I, I think. I think we took the the angle of. Newer guys, yeah. the guys that are coming up instead of the guys that were established almost because some of those guys can almost be thought of as all time wrestlers, you know? Yeah. Randy Orton's th- an all time great. Brock Lesnar can make an argument as an all time great, even though he doesn't have the longevity. You know, he was in and out of the business. But um, I think we could do that. Yeah, we could do that show every quarter. It's great. I, I, my list is totally different in my head. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think that uh, if you had to add, like, name two guys besides Randy, like right now, who would you add? From TNA or Ring of Honor or Lucha or WWE, name whoever you want. I, you know, I didn't have Brock Lesnar on my list. Right, right, right. <laughs> I would right. have Brock Lesnar on my list. Lashley wasn't on my list. You know, Kurt Angle's back. You know, and he's always a top guy. I mean, I had him on my all-time list, number five. So, yeah. I mean, I would definitely be rethinking it, and I, I would, I would, you know, I, 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 I go do my homework as I like to tell Tanay. Do your homework. <laughs> Today hates you, bro. Uh, By the way, oh yeah, I don't. Want, I know Mike doesn't listen to my show, so he won't hear this because yeah. <laughs> he, he hates me. But today hates your guts, bro. He really hey, does. He didn't mention Percy Pringle. What the f? I didn't either. Well, I didn't, you know, just but you're not him. a professor. You're a, you're a podcast machine. He's a professor. Uh, yeah, he's supposed I understand. to be a history guy. He's supposed to. He, he takes his. He's naming Jewish managers from the 30s. <laughs> in his honorable <laughs> mention, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So he, and he couldn't. <laughs> and he couldn't say Percy oh. Pringle. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, Seth, the ego has grown. Yep. So yeah, he's I, ripping Mike Tanay, who's one of the most respected guys ever. Hey, he, he, Why are you ripping Mike? He drew first blood. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just outside my just yeah. outside my top ten. Saul Goldstein back in the thirties was managing people. He drew heat. <laughs> Whatever the hell that guy wasn't talking about. Oh jeez, and, and, and again for the guys that download this, uh, don't forget Mick Foley is coming up here shortly. Um, yeah, if you want to hit the fast forward button, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. No, and and you know I, I gotta say, um, speaking again about the state of the wrestling business, it's just it's cool to be a wrestling fan. Now, there's so many different options. I know yourself; you got opened up to to, to watching New Japan wrestling on on Access and stuff. Now I and wish I could watch it. Uh, they show old matches. I wish they had the real show on so I can watch. Yeah, current guys. I saw Prince David, who's now uh, Bale, Finn Balor. Finn Balor at NXT was amazing. Yeah, yeah he's great. Um, Big fan of his. Uh, he had a lot of success over Okada, there. And, and, I mean, some of these guys oh. come over here and kill it if they, if they got a job over here. A lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, and, and who do you guys have in TNA? You had one of them there. Okada was actually. Okada, yeah. And now he's huge there. Champ. But the way he was, was. A couple times, yeah. Was used, just wasn't. I mean, again, not my doing. But, right. uh, you know, yeah, I mean, the guys come and go. I mean, from Japan. I mean, Amer- you know. Your uh, old friend AJ's champ again, I believe. Yeah, AJ. Yeah. Uh, well, why not? I mean, AJ's uh, arguably one of the best of all time. I mean, just his in ring ability is amazing. Amazing AJ Styles. So, but I just think it's fun now to that. There's so many options. I've said it before publicly. You could basically, you know, watch wrestling. I think it's like six days a week if there's not a pay per view on Sunday. And I know it annoys you because people still saying that WWE is the only game in town, and that's that's not true. No, you know, it's not. I mean, I they're agree. great. You know, and and they're, uh, the, they're the cream of the crop. Of course, the they're the lead dog. And, right. and Vince McMahon, if he was in the studio with us, 
he'd be the first to say, yeah, we, the WWE, are the lead dog, and it's our responsibility to lead by example. He believes in that. He, he understands. He doesn't acknowledge publicly these other promotions, but he understands they're out there. And I think in his heart of hearts, he's happy about it. He knows no one's going to beat him. He wants to win. He's a competitor. When was their most profitable time? When they had the, the WCW competition? competition. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they got humbled because WCW was whooping their ass on a weekly basis. And then Vince got motivated because he was getting his ass whooped and then just killed WCW and yep. bought it and owned it and whatever. But, you know, but I'm just saying, like, it kind of feels... I remember I was fortunate to be in my prime during that time when there were other places to wrestle besides WWE through the success of ECW or, like we said, WCW and all the stuff in Texas or AWA back in the day. All this jazz in Canada, Japan. But you and wrestled this, in Memphis, right? Yeah, 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 many years ago. Yeah, I mean, and and well, when Mick comes on, we'll talk a little about Memphis because he, he got a... He's wrestled down there longer than me. I was not down there long because they didn't pay. They didn't pay any money. I mean, I, I made forty bucks for freaking three matches. Jesus, I swear to, I swear to God. But it was yeah. just Memphis was kind of like the uh, launching pad for so many guys. Steve Austin, uh, he uh, cut his teeth there dude, too. Dude, you could yeah. go on and on. I mean, there's so many wrestlers, you know, and some people, um, you know, world class in Texas. Von Eriks, another yeah. spot that really launched guys. But but Memphis, when Lawler was there and. Uh, you know, Jerry Jarrett and Dutch Mantel, all these guys. You know I mean, I'm just saying, it was like, you know, it was huge. Um, and uh, um, I think that this time, like right now in this time that we're in, the business is great because there's so many different promotions and there's so much stuff going on. You can watch so much. And a lot of these guys have, a lot of these promotions have some sort of TV. If you have TV, I learned that from Vince McMahon. He told me, you need two things to succeed as a wrestling promotion, talent and TV. And he goes, it doesn't matter the order. You need talent and TV. Well, when I was a kid, that's where I learned about all the different uh, promotions. Yeah, yeah. Florida's on the Spanish Channel. Southwest with the Blanchards were on USA Network. Yeah. Until Vince kicked them off of there. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I mean, I, I think right now, man, there's just a lot of different places. You could watch a lot of WWE programming. You could watch WWE Network and watch, you know, NXT, which is great. So, I don't have... It's good for the boys, too. Yeah, absolutely. To I mean, obviously, TNA and Ring of Honor. I have a question for you. You would know. How do guys... It seems like TNA has contracted wrestlers but they pop up in different places. It's, WWE seems to be the only place where wrestlers are can only go WWE. Ring of Honor guys are wrestling in Japan, and they, and they show up in different places. What What is that about? Like, <laughs> with TNA guys, are, oh. are, are some TNA guys have a con- contracts? Like, Kurt Angle can't show up on Ring of Honor. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know his contract. Right. I doubt it. Everybody, look, it's been Everybody's like that in the bit. business for years. Everybody, it's just like radio. Everybody has different contracts. Everybody has different deals. So... Let's say you have a deal with, hypothetically, Lucha Underground, and you're a wrestler, and they're going to guarantee you seven dates a month. And you say, okay, well, I'm not going to be exclusive to you because I can't make enough enough. money, so you got to let me... Okay, fine, then we'll put in the contract, you can't be on anyone else's... You cannot be on anyone else's television. Well, now, wait a minute. Uh, I, 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 you know, if Ring of Honor wants to book me and I'm working for you, Lucha Underground, let's say like Patron, like him, you know, he, I don't know his dealings. I'm just saying something like that He's could happen both. where, like, I, I remember like... Um, Some people who he is, people who might not know who you're talking about. Well, Del Rio, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. So, so you know, he he's kind of popped up everywhere, which is cool, but it, it depends on everybody's deal. Some guys, like, I know when... I had my my last WWE contract. It said right in there, you can't go on, and it named promotions, including UFC. You can't go on these promotions TVs as a broadcaster or a wrestler. That's what mine said. You know, now, uh, and that's fine. I was okay with the deal, you know. Um, 
because they were compensating me the right way. And with WWE, if you're going to sign there, and let, I don't think anything's changed, you have to have an exclusive deal with them. Now, if you notice, like someone like like uh, like Rhino, Rhino ended up on NXT, which shocked a lot of people. Are we good enough to go to a break or nothing, right? We're good right now? Dude, we're podcasting. We're I radio. know, but I'm Come just on. saying. So Rhino, he... Um, so he shocked people showing up in NXT, but then I believe he was on Dreamer's House of Hardcore show or he something was. like that. So what happens with that is if you have a date that's already booked and you're going to sign a contract with the WWE or TNA or whoever, you say, hey, look, you're honest. I have a pre-existing date I have to make. No problem. They'll always say no problem. I'm WWE too. They're, they're not going to... You know, as long as your TV obligations are freed up, they're cool with it. As long as you don't say, I have 10... If Rhino said, I got 10 dates... In all those different locations, that I, I doubt they'll sign them. They'll say, well, finish your dates, then we'll sign you. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's kind of how it works. I don't know if that answered your question. Everybody it, has different deals. It did, but uh, you just brought up an, uh, a point to me that I just want to ask you a question. We talked about, um, obviously, we talked about CM Punk in the past. UFC. Now, take us back to when you were in your prime. Would you have ever considered doing that? Do you ever think about that yeah. now? Like, oh, man, that would have been cool. Well, yeah. I mean, back then, I actually did have... An opportunity uh, uh, to do stuff. But now with UFC, I'm trying to remember the promotion. It was, I was supposed to fight Chemo. Oh, wow. Yeah, nobody knows that. But it was, I was supposed to. I was in my prime. He was in his prime. And I was supposed to go to Japan and fight him for, for I don't know if it was like UWFI. Like one of those work shoots where we were going to shoot. And, well, not Pancreas. I can't remember which one it was. And Heyman was concerned. He said, ah, I don't want you to do it. I'd rather you not if you get hurt or if you lose or whatever. I said, I'm not going to lose. He goes, no, well, what if you lose? I hit your credibility. I said, no, don't. I lost the fight. So what? But I'm not losing. I'm not going to lose to the guy. And, you know. uh, How could you be so, how how are you that confident? You just, you knew in your head. Because back then I was. You know, I was that confident. I knew in my head I would beat him. I I didn't believe anybody could beat me in a work, a shoot, or anything. That's how I was. That just was me then, you know? I matured now. I'm a little bit more, I'm not delusional. Back then I was delusional. (laughs) Uh, So, Boomer Sison just kicked your ass before. Well, he kind of did. <laughs> he didn't kick my ass. No, but no, he's cool. He's a good guy. You guys guy. were playing, I know. I know, we were playing. But I, mean, I didn't realize how big of a dude he is. That dude is like, yo, Boone Science Proto- folks, he's gigantic. Prototype quarterback. I said yeah. he was 6'3". I knew he'd get hot. He was ah, actually 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> he was obsessed that I'm not 6'4". I don't know what the hell the deal was with him. Nah, nose tackle. He was fun. He was fun to talk to. Uh, him and Carton. Those guys are great. Um, uh, but no, um... What were we just talking about? Uh, la, la, get me back on track here. Oh, that's uh, my fault. I took you off track. Are you talking about contracts and everything? Yeah, You're talking yeah, about and, all the wrestling and, that we could yeah, watch? And the UFC question you had and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I just, you know, I didn't... For me, I, 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 I would do it now if I had the chance. Yeah, like a Brock Lesnar or like with CM Punk doing. Yeah, I would. Because I, I was kind of doing that stuff. I don't want to brag, but I was doing that kind of stuff in the business before I think everyone... I was doing all those type of submissions. I mean, in the States anyway. I mean, a lot of the New Japan guys are doing stuff like that. But I, in the States, I think me and maybe Ken Shamrock were the first guys, and Severin a little bit, Dan Severin, that were kind of the first guys doing that stuff a little bit, you know? Yep. So so uh, how long are we going here? We got to get Mick on. What's the story here? So anyway, so that that's, you know, I, I mean, but to answer your question, yeah, I would have, um, I would do it now. I definitely would. You know? I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I. I don't think you see as many guys doing it. They, they cross over because some guys are—they don't know how. They don't know how to go in there and get into a straight fight or a shoot, and 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 get into or don't have a martial arts background or a wrestling background or a boxing background or whatever. So, and they're entertainers. So you know, but I do believe, like talk about CM Punk, was like, oh, how's he gonna do? How's he gonna do? How's he gonna do at UFC? I mean, look, I'm telling—I've said it publicly before. I don't believe there's anybody. 
physically tougher than professional wrestlers as far as taking abuse physically, pounding on a guy's body or his face or whatever. So in that realm, I think it's going to be very tough to hurt a guy like CM Punk. I don't know what he can do offensively. I've never seen the guy go on a mat, so I have no idea. Uh, refresh my memory. Who's the guy who's hosting uh, New Japan with uh, Morrow? Barnett? What's his name? Yeah, jo- Josh Barnett. Yeah, former UFC fighter. Yeah. He actually said in the last show, he said, you guys would be surprised how much professional wrestling helped me in my UFC career in my mixed martial arts because people don't have no idea how tough it is and how much it helped me in my career. Well, I didn't know he said that, but it's nice to hear that because he's right. He did. Uh, so uh, uh, how do you think Punk will do? I'm just curious in the UFC from a fan's perspective. Man, I... I think UFC's come such a long way where all these guys are so well-rounded. You got to know your shit. You got to be able to wrestle. You got to be able to do you know, mixed martial arts, uh, jiu-jitsu, uh, submission. You can be able to box. I mean, uh, St. Pierre uh, uh, hired Freddie Roach to teach him how to box. You got to know. I mean, it's going to be tough. Uh, and he's you know, he's not young, and he's been beat up. So he says he feels great. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think, I think they'll feed him some guys that he can compete with, and then we'll see. Yeah, you might be right about that, but... You know, <laughs> it's going to be tough. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's going to be tough. <laughs> I went to a bar and watched Lesnar fight uh, Overeem. Overeem kicked him in the liver, and the fight was over, man. Yeah. I mean, like these guys are no joke. No, they, this is what they do. That's there. why they don't fight every week. Oof. This is what they do, because you can't. And, and these guys getting hurt in practice. Yeah, they get hurt in practice, practice all the yeah. time. And, you know, it's no knocking any of the guys, like Punk or any of these guys. It's hard, man. I, I, I played judo for a lot of years competitively, and... You know, you, you can't go on a judo tournament every week. I, I, I would go on a tournament every, every I don't know, four months. And that's why nobody's undefeated yeah. in UFC. Yeah, yes. you, you can't, yeah, you just you can't, can't do it. You know, it's just, but I think, you, you know, you give guys some time. I think Punk, uh, I, I, I don't know, I, 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 you said they're going to feed him some guys, but the thing is, I mean, just guys I, he can compete with, maybe on the same level of experience and everything else, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. But you just got to be careful of the guys that are pissed off, like, who are you to come into my world type thing. So, but I, I, Punk's far from a puss. I don't think he's going to worry about that too much. I, you know, I hope he does great, to be honest with you. I, no, I do. I, for, for as a wrestler, sure. I hope he does amazing. I hope he tears it up. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for your, your, your guys. Sure is. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm happy for him and all the buzz he's got. I mean, good for him. You know, really. What I, weight I, is he going at? Like, he's getting down to 185, I think, or uh, maybe 170? I don't know. Talking he about? might be. He's smart. No, it's smart. You want to be leaner. Cardio, cardio, cardio. He's smart. He knows to be lean is better. So you could have the. I always said this to my son as an athlete, or I always felt this way when I was in shape wrestling. You could have the fastest car on a block, a Ferrari, a Bugatti. You could have a Lamborghini, whatever you want. Seth, a Bugatti's a very high end, three million dollar race car, basically. Street car. You didn't know that. So um, you have any of those cars? Fastest car in the world. If you don't have gas leading that some bitch, it ain't going anywhere. So my point is, if you don't have your cardio, no matter how good you look or how tough you are or whatever you have, if you don't have your cardio, you got no gas to tank. You can't go. You run out of gas. So that that's that's the point. So uh, I look, we're going to take a break, Seth. I'm tired of talking to you. I want to talk to my friend Mick Foley. So we're going to take care of Mick. Are you Name okay dropper. with that? Yeah, whatever you want to do. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back here on HPM with WWE Hall of Famer. Mick Foley himself will be here. We'll be right back with the warm, cuddly, fuzzy Taz. Sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome back right here to the Human Podcast Machine. I am Taz, and as promised, 
WWE Hall of Famer, multi-time world champion, New York Times bestseller. The guy's writing stuff. He's talking. He's doing everything. The one and only Mick Foley, the legend himself. Mick, what's up, bro? Hey, Chaz. Uh, pleasure to be on the, the, the podcast machine with you. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Dude, listen, man. It's been a... God, we know each other a very long time. Most people... I don't know if they realize that. Like... God, since we I started, I know I, I know you. Yeah, I think uh, man, was it was it eighty six, nineteen eighty six, six or seven? Yeah, it was, I think I'd be, I started in eighty five, and I'd uh, been in uh, either a year or two. Yeah. Through, yeah, we go way, yeah, way back. You and I, 20, 28, 20, you know, either either 28 or 29. It's been a long time either way. Been a long time, yeah. We actually haven't wrestled each other, I, I don't know if ever, I can't recall. But um, we've been, our careers kind of, you know, different. I mean, same companies at times, ECW, obviously, and WWF at the time. You were in WCW, I wasn't. But we've had a, a long run, and we're, we're both New York guys. And um, now I'm, I'm a transplanted Long Islander, but you're a born and bred Long Islander, so I, I, I always wonder who is the most popular Long Island pro wrestler? Is it Zack Ryder? Is it Mick Foley? Or is it Taz? And I think Mick Foley wins by far. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I tell you what, I, I handed over the title uh, uh, a couple of years ago in Nassau Coliseum when, when Ryder Mania was, was running wild. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't see, the, you know, the, the, you know, it, it, it was short-lived for reasons, you know, we could probably get into on a entirely different podcast but uh but but thank you yeah, but there were some good long islanders for sure yeah man well let's let's talk about what what what's the important thing right now and it's uh it's something that yet you're involved with heavily the wrestlemania dream vacation lay that out for folks that aren't familiar with it and and let them know the details because you could do it much better than i hey, hey thanks taz this is something um uh, I'd done an odd. I raised some money for a group called Rain, and uh, Rain is, is, is the largest uh, anti-sexual assault organization in the United States. So it's uh, it sounds really pleasant, you know, Rain. Uh, yeah. But it, uh, the acronym stands for Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network, and uh, I had been a, a volunteer for uh, two years, uh, actually actively weekly online, and did my best to help. Um, help people on a weekly basis so I understood like the importance and I also understood it's not that it's not the type of subject that people like um, feel comfortable talking about it's not the type of um, you know a group that people have like golf outings for of course, or raise yeah. money through the you know, normal uh, normal avenues and so a few years ago we uh we raised some money and we included included an auction you know a memorabilia um, right. my memorabilia and like i put my good stuff out there you know i, I wanted people to know like i <laughs> you put the you good know, flannel you put the good flannel i i i put the good flannel i put the you know the shirt i was wearing uh for the hell in a cell match with undertaker you know the boots i was yeah. wearing uh you know when i uh had my my uh all, all my cactus jack matches of the last you know several years they even had like a 150 thumbtacks from when wow. I wrestled Ric Flair. That's cool. Um, but then someone pointed out to me, that like, you know, auctions kind of limit you to the people who have that kind of money, you know, who yeah. can spend a couple thousand dollars in a shirt. And somebody said, if you do this raffle, because then you open up your prize to anyone, you know, anyone, it's like a minimum of, uh, it's a $2 ticket with a minimum of five 
five uh, tickets. So for a ten dollar, you know, little investment, which people understand is unlikely to win them the raffle, uh, they're at least they're entered, and and people understand it's really for a good cause. And at the you know at the end of the. Um, on uh, Wednesday night at 10 p.m., they'll draw a winner. It's a legit deal. Last year it was a guy uh, from from Tennessee. Uh, the year before, two years earlier, it was a guy from uh, uh, a Scotsman living in Canada. Wow. And, uh, so it could be it could be anyone. And then they end up winning like this. I mean, my idea my idea was just like to make it like such a ridiculous vacation that it almost seemed. Too good, <laughs> too good to be, be true. true. It's kind of you know, it's kind of like not to interrupt you. It's kind of like um, for any baseball fans. Like, I don't remember like those fantasy uh, when you go to spring training and guys that go you know do batting practice with the pros that type of gimmick. It's kind of not that you're in the ring with wrestlers, but you're getting all those type of th- a similar type of th- deal, correct? Yeah, man. I wanted it to be like you know, and I also wanted it to be a case where even if someone you know, I mean, even if some you, you know people flock to uh, uh, towards WrestleMania, even if they're not huge. Uh, WWE fans, so I wanted to be something uh, where there, there's uh, where literally the winner can do anything he wants. Mm. Like uh, if you go through the list, as it's it's not like <laughs> physically possible for everyone for the guy to do everything on there. <laughs> and the the, uh, the comparison I'm getting this is ridiculous. Shows you how much sleep I got uh, last night. Is that uh, if you watch The Wizard of Oz, uh, there's no way that one green lollipop guild kid <laughs> could be in as many shots as he's in. Like he's, he's standing next to Dorothy and then he's waving goodbye to Dorothy. Like, <laughs> the director just loved the little guy and put him in so many shots that it was physically impossible for him. You can check it out the next time. Well, really. speaking of uh, your sleep, hold on, your sleep pattern, I just want to bring folks into your world. So I get a direct message from Mick. Seth, I'm talking to my producer here, so Mick, I get this direct message from, I get up this morning early to come into the studio, and then I get this direct message from Mick, and it's like, Taz, try the number twice when you guys call in case it don't work, because my phone is dead. Now, this came in at like 4.05 a.m. That's the first thing. But the other day, he direct messaged me, Mick does, and says, yeah, yeah, let's do it 9 a.m., right? Okay. Because I use uh, my hardline as an alarm clock. So <laughs> we, just, we just woke him up? We just woke him up, yeah. Right, so, yeah. Uh, Good morning, man. Good morning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got in last night around uh, 1 a.m. and uh, asked my son, hey, hey, uh, is the phone down there? I could see it wasn't uh, plugged in or charging. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, it's down here, Dad. I said, how much power does it have? He goes, oh, battery uh, low. Oh, no. <laughs> so actually, I had to change, bed, change beds. So, yeah, so usually I just have it next to me. You know, I, I'm sure, like, for some of these 6.30, 7 a.m., you know, phoners I do for my, for my own show, yeah. they've gotten some kind of disoriented. <laughs> oh, man. You got, I, dude, you got, like... So much stuff going on. We got, you know, from your stand-up stuff. And I, I just read recently that you were at, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were at an NXT event with your sons, right? Because uh, something about, was that true? Uh, it was his birthday, and that's where he wanted to go. One of your boys, is that, is that a shoot or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a shoot, you know. I mean, my kids, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like when I was, uh, I, you know, 
uh, you know, I go in waves, you know, with my relationship with WWE and, and shocking. For a while, yeah, shocking. Right? <laughs> for a while, I wasn't. There was a while I wasn't watching the show, and then I realized, like, wait a second, you got a choice to make. Like, you can either like, like sulk about it, or you can, you know, spend some quality time with your kids while the show is on. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, you know, it's like, so, and I'm. I'm in the process of things are you know you know things are going well they were really helpful yeah. with this uh with the raffle and uh, and they've all you know they've been really helpful with you know anytime i i need tickets you know, even when i've been on bad terms they've, they've hooked my kids up with that's uh, cool yeah with seats but you know uh people know my you know my my, geez, my kids uh you know they'll they go to the the older kids especially you know they like the thing within a month they went to wwe um nxt ROH and, and TNA. Like, wow. they just love wrestling. <laughs> That's cool. And what's pretty telling, I think, about... Uh, well, I, we'll get back to the raffle here. Yeah, in of course. Yeah. But, like, uh, my son, he's almost... He's, they know they're wrestling, right? They've grown up around it. and uh, he, 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 So he just turned 12. But it was like a year ago where he goes... Dad, I can definitely picture myself playing with a Sami Zayn action figure. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he might as well get called up because this kid, like, he knows, like, he, yeah. he will see somebody and say, this guy's my favorite, and inevitably that guy's gonna be, <laughs> going to be big. And so when he, Well, kids uh, know they have that. Yeah, they do. I agree. When my son was younger, he was the same way. And I want to talk to you a little bit more uh, in detail about NXT. Let's go back, if we can, uh, about... Uh, about the uh, you know the WrestleMania Dream Vacation, just to oh, yeah, I mean because yeah, sure. it's a very oh, yeah. cool concept, and I, I even want to know a little more about it, and I think my listeners might also. Yeah, yeah, I'll, t- I'll pick up where I was, I was talking about. Well, you had a few chair anything. shots, bro. A lot of chair <laughs> shots, but I know you're good. You're good. <laughs> I, I, I take a, a side a side turn, but we're back. Uh, and I, but I wanted it to be so that even somebody like last year's winner, um, he already had tickets to, to Mania, and it wasn't until um, we threw in the addition of uh, a, a, a Disney World vacation what? that he was like, ah, this is like wait. A second. He even said, like, he thought, is this too good to be true? And so I'm dropping this now, Taz, that this year, since we're on the West Coast, we're actually adding a Disneyland vacation. Really? So, uh, yeah, so I use my, uh, you know, my, my, my wow. uh, vacation points to get uh, three nights uh, uh, with a premium view at the Disneyland Hotel and uh, three day uh, a Disneyland uh, California Adventure park hopper passes and the transportation. From uh, from, yeah, from from (laughs) San Francisco, San Jose to uh, to LA to to Disney, and then either back to San Francisco to fly back to wherever in the world they're from, or you know from uh, from uh, from LAX, uh, you know directly whatever works out better for them, and and honestly, like you know whatever price is 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 more reasonable. But I just wanted it to be something where you didn't have to be, a, you know, you could just love wrestling. Yeah. You know, like, uh, so that's why, like, you know, I get in touch with Gabe Sapolsky, and, yeah. and he's like, yeah, of course, man. Hey, do you want, you know, three, he goes, we have three shows. You can go to anyone or everyone. And, you know, I asked Carrie for Ring of Honor, Carrie Silken, he's yep, like, yep. you got it. Like, nobody's nobody's saying no. Yeah, and of course. So people can do, you know, anything from, the, the you know, the, the Jim Ross, um, 
uh, ringside with JR. Yeah, ringside with JR. Yep, yep. To uh, Kevin Nash's uh, after party. And then the NXT, uh, man, to tell you how big that's got. I mean, they went from doing matches during Access, and now they're going to do their own show. Yeah. I think they sold 2,000 tickets in one day. And, that's like, sick. Yeah. That's the type of thing where people go, man, I want to be. I want to be part of that. And so if they go to um, uh, realmickfoley.com, uh, they can then just click on the link that says WrestleMania Dream Vacation. And it and it seems to like <laughs> it seems too good to be true. Uh, I did mess up. I did I did add uh, the Wrestle Cruise, and I'm not sure the Wrestle Cruise is even going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got to so. listen, Nick. I, I need a roadmap here. Who, who do you come up with all this? Or the some do you? Have, I have to. I need to know the truth now. Does somebody help you? Figure this thing out. I mean, this is this all you? Is this, who's <laughs> no. doing this? This is crazy. No, man. This is uh, you know. It's, I mean, the people from Rain uh, are great. Okay, uh, but uh, the you know when they say, "What do you want to come up with?" and uh, the original thing is the two round trip tickets, uh, the two tickets. And Taz, you've been, and this is not a knock, but you've been there in, in at WrestleMania. Um, you know, in the friends and family suite, right? Yes, I have. And it, that means I wasn't working on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, exactly. for fans out there that really don't know why Mick said this is not a knock, I'll tell you what he meant. He meant when you're a wrestler on, <laughs> on a roster for WWE and you're in the fen- friends and family suite, which is awesome, that means you didn't get booked on the card. Ouch. So that's what Mick means. Yeah. Well, Thanks, I Mick. Disagree, I disagree with you. I don't think the friends and family suite is awesome because they have so many people. Yeah, that's that true. With the year that I was inducted, I was sitting with Terry Funk and, and Ric Flair, like two other guys at a table watching on a monitor overlooking the parking lot. Like, we couldn't even see mm. the actual show. And so, um, you know, this year, uh, uh, Rob Hockman, who's a good dude, uh, he got a, a luxury suite at Levi Stadium. And uh, so he's he, wow. he, he uh, put up... Uh, 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 six tickets, you know, uh, two, uh, four, four for the Foley's, two for our uh, our winners, and you really get to watch it in a way, you know, that I think, you know, WWE guys wish they could, you know, like in a suite with 16 people instead of uh, several hundred people. So so then, so you got the, the, the round trip, you've got the WrestleMania, the two tickets to Raw, <laughs> Hall of Fame induction access, and then that's kind of like... The that's it? That, that's yeah. what you're giving? I mean, really, that's... That, that's <laughs> come on. No, oh, really? Then, then, <laughs> oh, come on. And then I started, uh, you know, just adding some, trying to add something uh, every day. And so we just, uh, it's, it's been fun, you know, and it's cool, like, when you see people coming together and, uh, yeah, it's cool. you know, volunteering. And so it's geared sort of somebody, and I, li- I do liken it to a Disney vacation because for some people, you know, they absolutely positively just want to do all things Disney, and that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And some people want to go, you know, to SeaWorld and Gatorland. <laughs> they want to see the world's second largest ball. I, I remember, like, I know how you are and your family with theme parks, and you're kind of like, it's a little disturbing how obsessed you are. I love you, but it really is a little weird. I remember, Seth, I, check this out. I remember, like, in TNA, when when, when uh, Mick and I were together in TNA, and it was like, we were doing everything at Universal Studios. And you would not see, you'd see Mick early in the day when boys had to show up. Hey, Mick, what's up? Uh, and he'd be gone. 
And then he'd show back up at like 6 p.m. before the show, and he's got like all bags. He just bought stuff at the gift shop. He's got his kids. He's been on all these, the Spider-Man loop-de-loop. And it's, oh, that Spider-Man ride is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Mick. He's a big kid, man. And then uh, besides your obsession with Christmas, that's a whole nother story. So you are a unique cat, show, bro. Man. That's a whole nother world. Yeah, we'll do that in December. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's really cool, though, um... What you're doing because of with rain and everything and 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 money going towards that? I mean, it's awesome. I mean, and for fans, it really is. It's a perfect name. It's right to the point. WrestleMania Dream Vacation. I mean, that's what it is. And then some. Jeez, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's cool. And then uh, you know, and, and even more importantly, like I said, it's a tough subject uh, to talk about. Yes. And last year we we ran it for a much longer period of time, and honestly, we were lucky that the raw really started clicking, and it was like you know, the, the, they pulled the trigger on the. the, the Daniel Bryan uh, match uh, with Triple H, the uh, entry into the main event if he won. And people got excited like... Uh, simultaneously, and and the so the raffle really skyrocketed in the last uh, in the last three days. So now we're at that point. We got two days, you know, left, and I don't. You know, I just there's not. Um, you know, it's not that same magic bullet. You know, where wow, everybody's you know jumping on all at once. So uh, it's it's really something where I do need a I do need you know to think outside the box yeah. and, uh, and have help from uh, you know guys like you. This is the first show I've done. You know, other than uh, everything else, been just social media. There's really so. no the Mick. There's no other show to do. <laughs> Come on, bro. Jeez. <laughs> Really? Well, I know this is the only podcast I'm doing uh, talking about the uh, talking about talking about it. So I know you get the word out there, and, yeah. I, and I know that you you know you have uh, people listening to you from all walks of uh, of wrestling. And uh, yes. last year we did you raised 112 thousand dollars wow without spending a dime on on advertising holy cow Mm. so i don't think we're gonna you know i don't think we're gonna hit that but uh it would be really cool to come close it's awesome man i mean really it's a it's a it's i mean uh, my producer here seth is a big fan and i wonder would uh, this be something that right up your alley seth i mean this wrestlemania dream vacation uh, it would be a dream, but right now I'm a little bit stuck at home. <laughs> I got like nine kids, a couple more in the way. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the missus would be like, yeah, go ahead, have fun. <laughs> and you know, it's available to anyone in the world. Uh, but even you know, outside of like the UK and Ireland, I believe you know there may be actual visa issues. So, you know, like that'd be a good problem to run into to find you know, to find somebody you know from around the world who uh, you know you know that'd be a, a good problem. And then you know there's a you know they get a cash prize instead. But uh, yeah, essentially wrestling fans coming together and uh, a lot of people look forward to it. You know, and they ask all year, Are "You doing the vacation again?" And uh, so we're gonna raise. A lot of money for a good cause, and, uh, and someone's going to get a really cool uh, trip out of it. Yeah, man, and you can't go wrong with that if you're a fan. I mean, so I mean, basically for all the main details, it, it would be on your site, as you said. Yeah, yeah, just go to realmickfoley.com, um, and then the, you know, they, they just just click here, and then they did brings you right to the page where you can buy the tickets. Yeah, and that's, see it's, everything that's on there. It's crazy. It should be a great. Uh, obviously, I think it's going to be a great WrestleMania. Besides the fact, well, Taz, maybe you should throw in some of your shirts, you know, or something. Why I don't you help them out. Yeah, I have a lot of these. Shirts, Mick, that never sold in TNA. I guess they maybe made too many. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I see, you know, one of them, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a painful victory for me. Because, you know, I love 
love the Christmas thing. And a couple yes. of years ago, I was able to do tribute to the troops at St. Mick and uh, came out and they, they filled up a bag of all these goodies, you know, to give out. Yeah. And you know, they're all the stuff that haven't sold. Right? <laughs> <laughs> giving them out. Oh. And here's this actually, this actually, all of a sudden, they run into about 30 of the Cactus Jack. <laughs> oh. where they did the wanted shirt with the flannel on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and, uh, yes, and yes. And I'm handing about, oh, oh, I'm thinking to myself, I guess these didn't sell very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you, I remember, man, many years ago, like the very, very beginnings of ECW, when uh, Paul asked me to kind of help, you know, put some ideas together on t-shirt designs and I was like alright well I'm going to put myself over do my shirt first hello right <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I remember I can't remember the guy's name Bruce you, Savini there you go look this guy's been hitting the head a million times more than me and he remembers <laughs> and this guy Bruce so for those that don't know he, I believe now correct me if I'm wrong Mickey, that first like that main popular cactus that shirt the yeah. black one right he did that right he drew it up absolutely yeah yeah Bruce, and Bruce it's, just, it's crazy because uh, that shirt uh, started 20 years ago and uh, and Bruce will come over he came over to my house and dropped off shirts like last week he had three new designs wait wait I, you still wait you know you still see him yeah man he's still my t-shirt guy wow. no and the frustrating thing I mean what for the? him and me in a way is you know he'll show up it's almost like he created a monster because I'm like Bruce, I said, this is the shirt. No matter what you do, this is the shirt that people want. So it, he really did make this kind of, you know, yeah. new at the time in 95. I was just trying to find, you know, something to take to Japan with me. Well, you did. <laughs> and and then I didn't know, at that time, if you remember, like, you know, I remember Dreamer had a t-shirt. It was like, it looked like something like a 12-year-old would have drawn. You know, it was like a, you know, like a little cartoon version of Tommy and like, uh, I, <laughs> I didn't, did I design that? I don't know. I hope not, man. No, I don't think so. No, I, don't I, think so. I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know what you're I, about. Uh, <laughs> ended up doing a, like, uh, you know, a lot of ECW I, I was the guy, the point guy with him. I was the in-between guy. And where, where, to your point, like, Bruce was the guy who actually did. Like, everybody says, oh, Taz designed a lot. I did. I would just produce it. Like, I would just say, okay, Bruce, let's do this. He was the guy doing the actual finger work with his hands. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Very so, talented. I didn't know he still does that the stuff. human yeah. t-shirt machine. He was the human t-shirt. Human, I, human t-shirt I machine. didn't know. Does he still live on the <laughs> island? Yeah, he's still on Long Island. Yeah, he's, uh, he comes by, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, the shirt's still going. You know, I, I sell them at my own shows, and, uh, yeah. you know, twice a year we, we put them up for sale for one day. Yeah. And, uh, I yeah, yeah, people still I, I haven't like heard from him. You, know, you know, tell him I said hello, but I don't know. I might have heat with him. I, you know, I, I'm <laughs> at a point in my life, Mick, where this podcast has be, become two things. One, where I have to question, do I have heat with someone? Should I invite them? Because I can't remember. And two, I usually end up apologizing to people for my conduct and my immaturity when I was in ECW. So that's kind of what this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of... But no, tell Bruce I said a lot. I mean, I, he, he was a big, big help. I'd love to get in touch with him at one point. That's that's great, man. Yeah, man. I know, but, you know, you know, like I said, 20 years I've been dealing with Bruce and at one time Bruce and I had a uh, an argument about, of all things, po politics, you know? Right. And then oh, I, God, I remember my, you know, like saying something to my wife, yeah, and then Bruce Savini's coming over, and my wife goes, Bruce Savini? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I, I, I thought you didn't like him. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, you had an argument with him. <laughs> I yeah. said, 
Hey, Clint, do you think an argument about politics is going <laughs> to stop me from exactly. selling wanted shirts? Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> Dude, I, I just go for the same thing with my watch because I thought you didn't like this. I, I don't I, I don't like anybody, but I still deal with them. <laughs> I fight with everyone on a daily basis, including her. I mean, so it's like, it's just a, that's just me. You know, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I think it's the business, too. We're from a world where if you don't have a thick skin and, and you just forget and move on, you, you'll, you'll talk to no one. You'll have heat with everybody, right or wrong. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah you're right, man. And you, you guys like we said go back 29 years and, yeah. and we'll, we'll probably go a year or more without seeing each other yeah and then you just pick up where you you know i had to explain <laughs> that to this young man uh from england uh he I befriended you know he was uh had a real uh, serious stomach uh issue you know mm. kind of kept him you know uh, in and out of hospitals, yeah. And he was he was a uh, you know a letter writer at a time when people stopped writing letters, and uh, and I didn't have email, I didn't know how to connect to those things. He wrote this forlorn letter how it'd been like two years, you know, since he heard from me, and then I had to get back like, hey man, you have to understand, like <laughs> that's considered a close friendship in wrestling. <laughs> oh you know, my like, god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two years. Ah, understandable, you know? Listen, you'll love this. So this podcast, right, my first one dropped like January 7th with this new platform that CBS has, right? So my first guest ever was Edge, right? So everybody yeah. loves Edge, right? Yeah. So I, I, I loved Edge. I got along great throughout all my years in WWE. And then I, I was out of WWE and in TNA, I don't know, seven, eight years, whatever it was. I hadn't talked to Edge. So here I, I introduce Edge. I'm like, here's one of my close friends, my buddies, all tasks. I love it. And I'm like, wait a minute. How could I call you my close friend? We haven't talked in like seven years. He's like, yeah, I know. It's the business. You know, like, <laughs> that is though, right? I mean, that's just the well, way it know, is. Another crazy thing is, uh, <laughs> like, this actually happened to me where I, I left tickets for a few, I was trying to leave tickets for a few of the guys to one of my uh, my live shows, and they went like, oh yeah, no problem at all, we just, uh, just need a name, and I went, a real name? <laughs> and, yeah, and I went, um, Ziggler? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, mean, I remember being with TNA, and uh, we were on a flight delay, and they called up, like, five different, five names, and up comes, you know, <laughs> you know, it's uh, Christopher Daniels. And, yeah, yeah. It had to be Kazarian. Those guys were inseparable. It had to be Chris and Kazarian, because they were inseparable. William, I had no idea who's... Anyway, who anyone actually was. Oh, the real name, yeah. James yeah. Storm wasn't James Storm. <laughs> why would he's not? That? What do you mean he's not James Storm? <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, and they, they threw out two of names like, who are they? And they were, uh, that's us. I thought you were Alex. <laughs> that's like working name. Like, why would you change your, your real name to a working name if it's still a real name? It's still like, a real name. You know, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, was, that, well, was that a problem for you? Because that's your real name is the last name is Foley was that I mean I always wondered with guys in the business that use their real name like you know what was privacy and stuff like that was that ever a concern when you and first you know you what know I mean what I mean well it was such a long it was, it was 1999 before people started calling me by my you know real name and yeah. it really turned out to be a, a blessing you know I, I don't know uh, Michael Cole had old you know something to do with it is you know when I won the title in uh, you know late 98 it aired in 99 that you know the night of the that'll put butts and seats call yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know like Michael Cole was Mick Foley Mick Foley even though I was mankind when mankind, I wanted yeah, so yeah. it worked out really good um, for me um, you know going back and, and you and I both worked for you know worked and knew uh, Eddie Gilbert yep uh, I remember, you know, Eddie was like one of only like two people in the business who called 
me Mickey. You know, he uh. met me, but you know, he met me early on in my career. And I remember, like, yeah, that was really cool. And, and then there was that transition period where you got you know, guys like Taker who've been calling me Jack since 1990, <laughs> and they slowly like segue into calling me by my real Mick, name. Yeah, but, that's great. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's, it's funny geographically. I go to parts of the country where I'm still primarily mankind to them, you know. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll be with whoever, whoever you want me to be. I don't yep. answer. To, well, I do answer to dude. If, if oh, the dude love gimmick. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You got, you got a, pl- a plethora of names. I remember, I don't know if you do, like when you left ECW, uh, and I, you know, we all knew in the locker room, we everybody knew you were going to WWF. We all knew that, you know, it wasn't a secret, and you were, you were always such a, everybody loved you in the locker room, obviously. You had so many friends. and Like, like you. Like me. Yeah, it was just like me. I had <laughs> Mick knows I had so many friends. This <laughs> Seth, what a prick. So, uh, <laughs> so um, I, I, rem- I don't know if you remember this, man, when. The whole uh, mankind thing, and I remember you were telling me we're at like some house show somewhere in Pennsylvania, a little spot show, and you, I'm like, well, what are they gonna do with you? And you were telling me about this leather mask thing. I don't think you knew the name yet. You were trying to help figure it out, and and you were a little like, I don't, know if I, I don't know if this is gonna work. I'm like, bro, just are you kidding me? We're working at some like adult dancing establishment doing a house show right now. Go, bro, have your success. No matter what they call you. <laughs> I was, I was really worried about. You know, I, I remember mean, that. Uh, uh, I'm you know, talking with JR for about three hours about this thing, and and I didn't know. And, and it's been a lot of fun to work this into my uh, my own show. It turned out the reason that they, I was like, because Cactus Jack had worked. You know, it was like a, a, loved a, ca- I loved the Cactus Jack. Always loved. Always was a fan it, of that gimmick. Always. It, it, thanks, Taz. Yeah, and you know, it, it really adapted, and you know, it really become something special in, in ECW. Um, <laughs> And it, it, you know, it worked for me in Japan. And but, I, but hold on, what about before that? Let me interrupt you. Like, I, you worked some show for, uh, I don't know if it was a super class. You were working from, I, I think it was maybe Mid South, and then AWA did like a joint show. Do you remember that? And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I had just left Memphis, so I was, it was world class. But uh, when I was in, in Memphis, um, and they were both owned by Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett, yeah. It was kind of like a, you know, it was a really good move for me, but it was, uh, you know, it was the same, same owner. But uh, AWA came and, and they did uh, tapings, uh, you know, like five weeks of tapings. Yeah. Uh, and it's really good, you know, good. They were good tapings. And as a result, they did Super Clash. Um, Super Clash, yeah. yeah. I, don't know, one, two, <clears throat> I don't know what the, the number was. Two or was. three, maybe, yeah. Yeah. You were like, like you were, uh, the Samoans were wrestling, and the free, I think the Freebirds, was that what it was? Yeah, everybody, everybody was on that. No, but, no, but you, you but I, let me interrupt. I don't think you, well, you were, you were, were you as a six man? You were wrestling, right? Six you were like with a, the, uh, yeah, rock and roll RPMs against uh, RPMs. Guerrero. That's it. Yeah. That was the man. And you took this bump on the outside. The camera missed it. You took a bump on the cement, which back then was like not a lot of that done. Yeah. yeah. And everyone went crazy. I was watching this thing, and I was envious of you because I, I always tried to get booked for those territories, and I couldn't get booked like so. And you were a New York guy like me, and I'm like, and I was happy for you. Didn't really know you, but. I'm like, man, this guy made it. This guy made it out of New York. Because you remember back then, there was always this feeling like the business was so politically towards the guys from the South. You know? Yeah, because, uh, yeah without the exception of uh, Paul. Portland. Uh, yeah, and Paul, you know, Paul, Paul was running right. uh, uh, booking for the Savoldi's. Savoldi's, yeah. Yep. Um, 
that uh, you know the, the the couple remaining territories were uh, you know Memphis and Continental and yeah, uh, yeah it was really uh, you know um, you know it was kind of rare for a guy to you know to get a to get their to get a full time job even though you were basically you know earning the right to starve but uh, <laughs> yeah. he, and I was, it was cra- I didn't know like there was a bias I remember guys coming up to me or you know specifically and no need to you know pick on a guy who's you know who's not. You know, it was not in the business. Right. It was, you know, you, uh, you're gonna, honestly, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna call out people, you call out big, big guys. Big you know, guys, you yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't yeah you're right, out. though. That's true. Uh, but he was like, man, that's not gonna work. That's northern stuff. And he was a northern guy, you know, too. Uh, and yep. I was like, I still had the mind, like, no, wrestling's wrestling. You know, like, you, you don't want everyone to be completely alike. And I like, I don't know if my style was ever considered northern, you know, when I was in yeah, it, I mean, it worked, you know, it ended up working. Dude, it was so frustrating. I, rem- I mean, I know you felt it, too. Being from not just the northeast, but New York in particular, man, it was hard back then to get booked, man. You you broke that mold. I think Paul Heyman, do go too, also, uh, through his success as a manager early on, outside of the Northeast. Guys like you and Paul Heyman, I really believe back then, for me, what kind of broke the door down, and we were all from that same generation. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking back to <laughs> you know you used to get booked based on a little word of mouth and they were eight by tens were a big deal. Yep, like, that's no right. One, no one had tapes. No. And I did have the foresight to like you know I didn't have much money at the time, but I would put like a hundred dollars into pro- pro- professional <laughs> black and white eight by tens. You know, and I had like you know the, the whatever the gimmick was. It had like the coil in the middle that you yeah do yeah and I had the baby oil and like. <laughs> My shots actually looked pretty good to the point where I only found out over 20 years later that when I showed up in Memphis, there was a meeting wondering whether I was actually the same guy that was in the photo. <laughs> 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 and I had it the right way. I had the arm up in a certain way, kind of covering up my love handle, oh. you know. And then I show up with like not a hint of muscle on me, and they're like, oh. "I'm the same guy." Like they were going to run me out of the territory in my first week, and oh. then uh, I had a uh, and I wasn't reachable by my phone. You know, I was yeah. like, so I literally slept in a park for two nights and then I oh, was geez. in like a $15 yeah. motel room and uh, uh, Randy Hales had no way of getting a hold of me <laughs> when they finally saw me like doing you know like taking bumps for uh, Dundee and Jared at the Nashville uh, the little building they ran at the fairgrounds and they were like wait you know they had to explain to me that look if you're going to be a push guy you, know, you don't take those bumps right yeah. or you know when you're on TV you know, like you have to look good you know you have to get moved <laughs> you bump for our top guys like right. that's great and i was like what like offensive moves like <laughs> you know like as if you, to be a you know like you could be a uh, good heel on the independent scene yeah. without a lot of offense you know oh. uh and so yeah it was a learn i learned a lot i definitely learned a lot and made my peace you know after years with randy hales oh. um but uh, yeah, man, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, and, I'm uh, sure it was rough. Yeah, that is. Hey, Mick, was that before or after you were in with the Bulldogs? Oh, that was after. <laughs> yeah, the Bulldogs. <laughs> second match ever. You talk about a, a rude awakening, you know. My second match. I had one match in Clarksburg, West Virginia, in front of 300 people, and then uh, it was right at the time when WWE like 
went national with their tapings. So they were out of Hamburg, you know, and uh, Pennsylvania, Allentown, and yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah, and yeah, into yeah. the arenas. And next thing I know, I love those buildings. By the way, I worked in those oh, for Savoldi's. Yeah, yeah, they were great buildings. I love those buildings. Yeah, and I had a you know classic. That was the night of the the. the, the the night of the bottle with Sabu, where the, <laughs> yeah. the bottle just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't. it seemed like a good idea. We're fighting all over the building, garbage can, and uh, it comes out, and uh, Sabu's got the bottle, and it just wouldn't break, man. And <laughs> even those hardcore ECW fans, just that sickening thunk. Oh, you know, like, there's something, God. like, glorious about a bottle smashing. Yeah, 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 it's good uh, point. Even the fans are you know, like, all right, enough, enough. Like, you don't have to do this. And it was like, <laughs> you know, Sabu was determined. I think Sabu was actually trying to stop and I think it was me he goes gotta do it like we gotta do it had my son it was three years old at the time he yeah. woke up just as my, my my music's playing he wakes up he's laying on uh, um, Big Al's nine one one. Big Al yeah, I remember him, yeah. imagine you're three years old and you wake up in the ECW dressing room <laughs> <laughs> that's my not music's good. playing and I gotta go and he's terrified he's screaming and I'm like look after my son but I yeah I got a bottle that's smashed over great, par- great parenting right there <laughs> <laughs> great parenting 101 <laughs> yeah yeah lay your son on, eat on a 911's leather coat and uh, get a bottle smashed over your head I've bike. seen many adult 25 year old pro wrestlers fall asleep backstage at ECW shows but I digress <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. Was, you look back at it, they're like a great time. Oh, anyway, we were talking about Hamburg and yeah, Alabama, yeah, Alabama, yeah, the, the, the Providence Civic Center. Yeah. And it was then, it was, like I said, it was a real rude awakening because, uh, you know, they didn't talk over much. And, you know, I mentioned that I might want to get a couple of my moves in. I <laughs> a couple, just a couple. looking at me. Let's <laughs> get a little Davey spot. Boy, I go, sure, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah, you get those in. <laughs> and uh, I came out and I actually had, like, wow, 70, you know, like the showman in me was like, wow, and I had like some gestures, you know, like I hadn't found the character yet, but did some gestures. I mean, you know, they <laughs> kind of took off the menu, you know, <laughs> a few months later. And Les Thornton was my partner, you know, and it dawned on me, like, as they're going through these great technical moves, like, oh, well, these guys have wrestled together. And I'm gonna get killed. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I didn't know what pain was until I got in the room with Dynamite Kid. Oh, he, I never worked with him, but man, that guy was talk about a machine. That guy, he, straight he, up machine. He, he hurt you, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the clothesline. Uh, I, I, I thought this was going to be like my Achilles heel. My, I didn't know what it was. It turned out that it, it was dislocated. It wasn't oh. broken. But, you know, and, and years later, remember, do you remember Francois Petit? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Yes, yes, yes. You know, in France, yep. so I was able, you know, to, you know, to put my job back in when it dislocated. Uh, yeah, he was like that. He could he was uh, he could do a lot of things yeah. with his hands. Like I was Yeah, he out. was amazing. He was. It was like, wow, like cuz every time I, you know that has happened over the course of my career, it would be that really tough like 3 weeks, you know, where everything hurt and uh, you know, chewing was tough, but the uh, the worst of all was that first time is man, uh, I just I couldn't I couldn't close yeah. my mouth and I had a concussion. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, that headbutt he did. I mean, there's. Oh, we know, you know, there's a few different ways guys go about making their stuff look good. <laughs> 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 you know, I as know long as that. it looks good, you 
yeah, like there's so you know you, there's the guy who is like the artist who creates the illusion. And yeah. he's great. There's the guy like a stone cold, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's proud of it. Somebody thought I was I was burying him when I said that being on the receiving end of his uh, uh, punches during a comeback was no day at the beach. <laughs> And he was like, he's yeah. proud of it. Oh, hell, kid, I laid that in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, well, yeah, no, that's Steve. And he'd hit you. <laughs> Steve would hit you, and, and not only the punch, but, like, his whole body. <laughs> like, and he, he punched you in the face with his body. Everything hit you. Boom, 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 boom. Like, oh, my God. And, like, Sabu was the funniest. Sabu would hit you three times. First time, you wouldn't feel a thing. Second time, oh, sorry. He'd nail you. Third time, hardly touch you. Fourth time, knock your teeth out. So it's like, little consistency, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, you, you. I don't think. Well, you, with all the craziness and stuff you've absorbed and stuff you've done, you would never known as a guy. You were always known as very uh, protective. You weren't a dangerous, considered dangerous. Guys loved working with you because you were uh, an easy guy to work with. From what I understood, again, we never worked a ton with each other. Yeah, but that's crazy that we didn't. Uh, I know, I know. Probably going back to that afternoon in uh, you know Johnny's school. <laughs> it's probably I, I didn't like. I can't actually tell you whether we actually had a match or not. But I didn't. You know. I, it, it, a couple guys over the years had said that I could be a little stiff with the the, the forearms, but yeah. I remember Sting telling me like, "Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I, I was I was proud of never hurting somebody to the point where like I could actually point out a, a, a night in uh, um, yeah, or a morning in Dallas where I dropped the elbow off the apron, and the 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 guy I was working with that is you know his head up, and I hit him on the point of the chin and oh, drove his head into the sportatorium. Uh, the wooden floor, the floor and yeah. knocked him out, yep. uh, and, uh, and so that I felt really, I felt really bad about it. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, and I gave Undertaker a stinger once, uh, and felt, you know, so I, yeah, I can count yeah. really. I, I like to think that after one of those really, you know, I mean, people knew that. You know, some of the matches are going to be really physical, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I tried, uh, to, you know, I tried to, you know, to to make everything. Uh, uh, I know I tried to not to take liberties. And yeah, I was the same way. Mistake. I never potatoed anyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> worst I did, you know, and this is one of the nicest guys in the world. I know you probably love the guy, uh, Gangrel, Dave Heath. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Uh, we're working on like a SmackDown or wherever we were, and I, and and. I open hand slapped him in the ear. Vince oh, yeah. thought that I wasn't working snug enough with guys. <laughs> thanks, Vince. Okay, I'll turn it up because you got to turn it up. Because you got to apologize ahead of time. I said, okay, Vince, thanks. So, Dave Heath, enter Dave Heath, one of the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. I open hand slapped him in the ear and I bust his eardrum. He had to have surgery. I felt horrible. Yeah. I felt so bad. And then Vince got mad at me because I did it. <laughs> he got a promo on me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, thanks. You motivated me. Then, you know, but anyway, yeah, so that, that was the one thing. I mean, I really, I, otherwise, a lot of the other guys I stiffed, I really don't regret, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what, what do you think, man? We talked about NXT real quick. I, I, guys from can, all, I, wait, can I mention something? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> don't bury me again. You buried me with the WrestleMania luxury box. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the little guy? Uh, he was making a, a, he had a little, a little cult following in Japan, and he was doing oh. a character that was kind of Taz-esque. Oh, my God, yes. The what guy? the hell was his and name he, in ECW? And he loved you, which is why he's doing the gimmick. Yeah, and I got hot. You got hot, and you <laughs> made his time in the ring with you a little bit uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. And oh, my God, I forgot about that. He comes to the back, you're his hero, and he goes, what? and 
I'm not picking on. Uh, he speaks better English than I do Japanese, but he comes back and he looks at me. Why you no like me? Bro, it's not that I don't like. I didn't know what to say, bro. You felt terrible. I, th- I did. I thought he was. I thought he was. Um. You know, I was very protective and, and I was uh, insecure and, and I went crazy on a guy and the boys kind of, you know, I had guys like motivating me out of guys stealing your gimmick and me like a mock, I suck right into this. Put him on the apology list. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's on. I got to have him on the show now. Uh, uh, I wrote about this in the first book, how like, I knew that when the, uh, when the minis from Mexico came in, that to have a mini named after you was a big deal, you know? <laughs> and so when I saw Mini Mankind, like I, I was like, oh, I'm over. You, you know, you like, made it. A, you made it. A Mexican mini, and, uh, <laughs> and so there was a tale of two minis because I've got my guy who was a, he was a heck of a worker, but he wasn't really doing the gimmick. And I'm like, no, no, you got to sit. And I'm, I'm on the floor of the dressing room. Each of the guy had a rock back and forth, you know, trying to do the mankind <laughs> character. And then meanwhile, Mini Vader is walking around going, attorney, attorney, <laughs> because Leon didn't see the flattery. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can relate to Leon. <laughs> oh, man, jeez. Well, what, what about NXT, man? I mean, because I want to talk just a couple oh, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that thing. I, I review some of their shows on my podcast here, and uh, I've never been to an actual live event, but... I mean, that stuff is great. I just feel like it's just great for the business. It's like a shot in the arm for the business. It's just great stuff. It, it really is. And uh, I went, you know, going back to my, my, my kids being a huge fans, and uh, that's what he wanted to do. And it looked like two and a half hours on the map. And it was more like four, you know, four and a half. <laughs> and it's a little armory, you know, in, uh, yeah. I think it was Barton, Florida, you know, a small, you know, maybe 200 people there. Uh, and, and, you know, probably the last guy that, uh, you know, the NXT people think they're going to, you know, see just popping his head in, yeah. you know. And, uh, and then, first of all, you know, I really appreciate the way people, you know, treat me, you know, in the, in the business. Well, you've um, earned that, obviously. Uh, th- thanks, Taz. I and mean, one of the things I wish I'd said, and I did suggest about everything else, in my uh, induction speech, I-, I wanted to, like, thank people for making me feel like I had been a Hall of Famer for a long time by the way they, they treated me. So, you know, people were great, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm always, uh, anytime someone asks for advice or asks me to watch a match, I'll go out of my way to, to do that. And I just really impressed with how hard uh, everyone worked in that small, you know, that, that small show. I met a bunch of people, you know, that uh, I'd seen and, 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 uh, and, you know, thought highly of and, uh, you know, walked away with that. Like, and, and you know, this is a, a mutual friend we have told me that he, you know, hadn't felt like this disconnected from the, right. the business in a long time. Yep, yep. And I said, man, you might want to go to a couple independent shows. And he said, "Why?" I said, "You'll see. You'll see people with a passion. You know, like, yeah, it'll no remind doubt. you why you why you love it." And uh, so I see like so many, so many, so many good people out there. There really are, uh, and you, they know that the, the, their idea, you know, a chance to get in a shot, are minimal. 
and then you go to uh, NXT and you see people, man, who are delivering on TV, delivering yep. a show that a lot of people, you know, quite frankly, enjoy more than the you know the the, the regular WWE main yeah. roster. Well, you know, and those guys and gals at NXT, they're, they're getting a little bit more freedoms, they're a little more creative liberties in the ring to put their match. That's what it seems to me. Yeah, yeah. You know how it is, bro. You've lived it also. You're a little bit more handcuffed sometimes in that main roster, you know? Yeah. So that could be a problem, but you know it doesn't matter. I mean, the NXT brand itself that WWE has—I'm a big fan of it. I, so many of talents, talents on there are just tremendous. And you know, <clears throat> the other thing is what's so great about the business right now, man. It's it's a little similar to back in the day when we were in our prime before, let's say, hitting WWF or E. There's several different places to work, you know. And I kind of got a little hot because uh, Austin had, I think, uh, Vince McMahon on his podcast, and and one of those guys—I don't know if it was. Vince or, or Steve, one of the guys said, not that I got hot, but said, it's the only place in town. Maybe it was Triple H in, uh, in Austin. I can't recall, but yeah, I think it was Triple H in Austin. That it was the only place in town, meaning WWE, to work. And I, I, I mean, yeah, to go make millions of dollars, sure, it's the only place to work. But God, you could go watch Lucha Underground, TNA, you could make a living working for Ring of Honor. There's, there's, there's a plethora of places to work. Yeah, yeah, and they, like you said, the money might not be there, but right. uh, I did example of the show, uh, you know, did an appearance uh, for Amazing Red, and uh, I didn't even know Red trained, you know, trained people, like we always knew he was yeah. an amazing flyer. Tremendous talent, yeah. yeah I, I'm watching these matches, and uh, and I see these guys, they said it was their first match for Red's group, and these guys, I mean, they had a real solid match. Yeah. They both of them have been in business for six six months. Oh my six god! Six months. So they were putting on a uh, a heck of a show. Um, six months. Are you yeah, serious? Wow. Yeah. Up and down the card, you know, you're seeing some really good uh, some, some really good people. Yeah. So there are. There's. Uh, it is. I mean, we're seeing took, took me took me eleven years to learn how to have a freaking money match, <laughs> <laughs> and that was barely money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Um, but yeah, there's. I'm a boom like I'm going to independent shows and uh, you know there are guys who you know who uh, are, are, are running shows that are drawing you know not in the hundreds but you know in the thousands independently and uh, yeah it's a it's a good time if you if people yeah. like wrestling there's a lot of good stuff out there sure is man well look Mick uh, you've been great as 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 I'm not surprised and, and I want to have you on here again man because uh, you know I know we talked a lot and you talked a lot obviously about WrestleMania Dream Vacation and for those out there Please go check out RealMickFoley.com and check that out. More information. Deadline's Wednesday, correct? Wednesday at 10, yeah. So I'm going to be, uh, I'll probably be all over people, you know, like <laughs> I'll be a presence, you know, until 10 p.m. on social media. Yeah, it's, it's clicking. The, 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 the uh, cooperation I've had with, uh, you know, with the wrestlers and fans, you know, you know, just getting the word out has just been amazing. And appreciate you, Taz, spreading the word. Always, always good to catch up with you too. Yeah, buddy. Sounds good, man. And uh, and we'll talk down the road. All right, brother? Good luck with everything else, man. Hey, Taz, one question I've always had for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Why you no like me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the Hall of Fame of Mick Foley, bro. You the man, buddy. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, man. Uh, thanks, bye. buddy. All right, all right, all right. This is break time. This is break time. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is what they call a wrap. 
So thank you to Mick Foley coming on here and chatting up about the WrestleMania Dream Vacation. Make sure you go check that out. Hold on, I got a little distracted. I digress. Make sure you go check that out at realmickfoley.com. Also, uh, my producer and I, Seth, chatting up at the beginning of the show, kind of giving a our take on stuff, stuff with Impact Wrestling and, and the land of the wrestling business. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Also, another show dropping this week, and I have Lacrosse Sensation. The, the lacrosse superstar, megastar, Paul Rabel. Huge passion for pro wrestling and education to pro wrestling. You guys will enjoy hearing a stud athlete like Rabel talk about our business. That will drop probably this Thursday, so stay tuned for that. All right, look, thanks for joining me here on Even Podcast Machine. My name is Taz. Yours is not. Goodbye. 